0: Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Otienoche Okon. The topic of this week's lesson is God's Covenant with us. The memory test is Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight verses one and two. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us study your word again. Open our eyes to see the depth of love you have lavished on us. Help us by your grace to appreciate your love for us and to strive daily to keep our own end of our covenant relationship with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. One of the most cheering of all thoughts is the fact that God has made a covenant with us. God's covenant is a bilateral covenant, meaning that While he will surely fulfill part of the covenant, we also have an obligation to obey his commands. In a bilateral covenant, God will say, if you do this, I will do this. Even if most of God's covenants are bilateral, some of his covenants, however, are unilateral, meaning that God will do a thing whether or not we do anything for example god makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good he sends rain on the just and on the unjust matthew five forty five. after the flood god promised humanity and every beast of the earth that there would never be another flood to cover all the earth genesis 9 verses 9 to 16 regardless of our actions. He also promised while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Genesis 8, verse 22. The seasons will come and go, regardless of what we do. This week, we will study some significant bilateral covenants between God and his children. Salvation Covenant Salvation is the greatest covenant between God and man. Salvation is a bilateral covenant. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he made it possible for everyone who has ever lived or who will ever live to be saved. But unlike the promise of the seasons, salvation is available only to those who would believe. John 3:16. Although there are those who believe in universalism, they believe that everyone would be saved. But the Bible teaches otherwise. The Bible teaches that although Jesus died for everyone, only those who believe would be saved. Matthew 7, 13-14. Paul was so certain that he has kept his own side of a covenant that he wrote in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 to 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And not only to me, but unto all them also that love is appearing. So we must all, like Paul, strive to keep our own end of the covenant of salvation. Despite his understanding of the bilateral nature of the salvation covenant, Paul was also very clear that salvation is by faith alone, not by the deeds of law. What this means is that despite the fact that we will strive to keep our own end of our covenant with God, we will not look at our works or achievements as earning us salvation, for it is Christ's righteousness that brings us salvation. Although salvation is an unmerited favor, we can choose to reject it, to hearken diligently. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gave his farewell messages to the second generation of Israel on the plains of Moab following the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Many Bible scholars refer to the Book of Deuteronomy as the Book of Remembrance. In this book, Moses reveals God's faithful dealings with Israel. He recounts the travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barna on the edge of the Promised Land, as well as the rebellion and the 40 years of wilderness wandering. He restated the Ten Commandments, the requirements of the tithe, and the central storehouse. But the main aim of Deuteronomy is to call Israel to a life of obedience, obedience to God, so that they will be beneficiaries of God's blessings. In this book, Moses reminds Israel that God has the ability and the desire to care for them as his chosen people. From Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 14, Moses reminded the people that God had wonderful and even miraculous blessings in mind for them. But he did not hesitate to remind them also that those blessings and promises were conditional. The point Moses was making was that if Israel obeyed they will open the doors to God's blessings in their lives. Nothing will be too hard for God to accomplish for them. What was true for Israel is true for us today. If we obey God, nothing will be too hard for Him to accomplish for us. Honor the Lord. Proverbs three verse one. My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments, for length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. The book of Proverbs deals more with the subject of wisdom and foolishness than it deals with any other subject. Reading through Proverbs, one would see that wisdom profits and that foolishness destroys. In Proverbs 3, 1-10, God presented a very passionate plea to us. He asks us to put him first in the management of our possessions as an acknowledgement of his ownership of all things and as a demonstration of our faith in him to provide for us. But even more than this, he says that if we will put him first, then he will bless what's left for us. This means that we should never lean on our own understanding but trust God for direction and guidance through life. When we look at the cross of Calvary, we will realize how much God has given, how far He can go through love, and then we will trust Him as our Creator. John 1, to 1-4 As our Sustainer, Hebrews 1, 3 and as our Redeemer, Revelation 5, 9 Proverbs 3 verse 9 adds another dimension to it. That we trust God even in our first fruits, so that our bounds would be filled. In other words, so that we would be blessed. LNG White writes in counsels on Stewardship, page 81 Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thy increase. This does not teach that we are to spend our means on ourselves and bring to the Lord the remnant, even though it should be otherwise an honest tithe. Let God's portion be first set apart. How can we trust God even during hard financial times, when even if we have remained faithful, our barn is still not full as God has promised? Please discuss your answer with someone. The tight contrasts. Malachi 3 8 11. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourers for your sins, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. The issue of tithe is a special one. If we love God, we would return our tithe, and we would prosper. But if we do not love him, it will be difficult to return his tithes and other offerings, and we would suffer. We see in the Bible that Israelites prospered when they obeyed God and were faithful in tithes, and that they suffered during periods of unfaithfulness. The issue of tithing is a bilateral covenant. It depends on us if we would prosper or not. God promised the people that if they would return to him, he would return to them. When they asked what he meant by returning to him, he explicitly said, Stop robbing me of tithes and offerings. Their robbery was the reason they were being cursed. Here is God's solution to the problem of the curse. Bring all the tithes, the whole tithes, into the storehouse. Malachi 3 verse 10. And if you do this, then I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. If you don't have room enough to receive, we have a surplus with which we can help others and help to advance the cause of God. Like Israel, you and I can also benefit from this promise. Our prosperity is in our hands. What can you do today to be more faithful in your first fruits and your tithes and offerings? Seek ye first. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Many of those who followed Jesus were poor people. Those who were in their need of food, clothing, shelter, and many other cares of this world because of their state, they battled with fear and worry. So in Matthew 6, 25 to 28, Jesus charged them not to be worried. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about the life, what you will eat or drink, or about the body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than raiment? Matthew six twenty-five. Then in Matthew six thirty-three, Jesus made a proposal that will solve the problem of want and worry. He directed the attention of his audience away from their problems to God, who alone has the power to solve their problems. He said to them, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6:33. Here we find another bilateral covenant. God will provide our needs, but we have to first seek him and his righteousness And then his promises will be fulfilled. As we come out of ourselves and ask God to forgive our sins and repent, 1 John 1 verse 9, as we seek the face of God and turn from our wicked ways, then he will heal our land, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. In conclusion, our choices will attract blessings or causes to our lives. So, make the right choices and be blessed, amen. Please pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for being such a wonderful God to us. Help us to learn to obey you so that you will in turn bless us in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. For questions, contributions, and prayers, you can reach me on WhatsApp on plus 234 Nine zero three, eight seven nine, one six eight zero. God bless you.